Well, good morning. Very warm welcome to our service of worship on this fourth Sunday in Lent. And as we come to worship God, may you know his loving presence with you. Our call to worship is uh, very familiar words of Psalm 23, the first three verses. The Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his namesake. So let's worship God as we sing our first hymn, Now Thank We All Our God, Mission Praise number 486. <laughs> Let's come to God in prayer. Let's pray. Gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we have so much to thank you for because of your faithful love and provision for us. We thank you for the love by which you sent your Son, Jesus, 
to come to be with us and show us how much you care for us. And that by his life and death and rising to life again, you have opened the way for us to enter into your family of faith and belong together as members of your church. On this Mothering Sunday, we especially thank you for our church family, the one we belong to locally and our worldwide family. But we also remember that your family extends through time as well as space. So we thank you for all members of your family who have gone before us and now live with you in your heavenly home. We thank you too for our mothers and all you have given to care for us in our lives. Bless our families and friends this day, we pray. And help us to remember all your blessings to us day by day. Loving Heavenly Father, as we worship you, we pray that you would help us to know your loving presence with us. Forgive us for all we have done which has not been done in love. Bring your cleansing and healing to us by your Holy Spirit. And teach us to live as faithful followers of our Lord, sharing the good news of Jesus and reaching out with your love and compassion to those you have given us to share our lives with and to the world around us. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Well, this is a very special day. I think perhaps you got a clue there. What, what, day, uh, what day is it? Happy Mother's Day. That's right. It's Mother's Day or Mothering Sundays, we, we also call it. And uh, what sort of things do, do we, what might we do on, on, on Mother's Day? What, what might be happening or what things do you do? A card, yes. Anything? Flowers, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, did you, do, are you doing anything like a meal or um, do you yeah, going somewhere? Yes, going for a, a special meal, and uh, these are these are wonderful things. Perhaps some I, I don't know what's the tradition in, in each person's family. Maybe in the past you you, you would take a, a breakfast to your mum and say, say uh, that's uh, you, you don't put your feet up, just stay in bed for a bit longer and take a, a meal. There's lots of nice things we can do. And, uh, and perhaps some of you are having a uh, meeting with family uh, later today. So, but um, yeah, and it's a wonderful way we can say thank you to our mums. You know, that's, that's you love your mum. Yes, yes. And she'll be very pleased to hear that. So, and well, you know, having a meal out on Mother's Day, is a, it's just one of the ways we, we can celebrate and say thanks um, for our mum. Um, but, um, you know, in the church, we also have a, a special meal, which I know that you're going to be looking at today in Sunday school. And it's a special meal 
that we can say thank you to God for what Jesus has done for us. Because in Mother's Day, we thank our mothers for what they do for us or have done for us in the past. But we also have a, a special meal that we um, have at various times in the year where we um, come together. And, you know, Jesus enjoyed having meals with people. It was one of his favorite things to do, to meet up with people, to get to know them and tell them about God. And, um, you know, it's um, one, one of the special meals that we remember was that on the night before Jesus died, he ate uh, a special meal with his friends called the Passover meal. And at that time, he, um, he said at the end of the meal, he gave them each um, some bread. He broke some bread and gave it to them. He took some wine and passed it around them. And he, um, he shared this, uh, this meal, which we now call the Last Supper, but we also call it Holy Communion. And um, that's a special meal when we um, can remember what Jesus has done when he died for us and he came alive again. And we can also remember how God forgives us through Jesus and that we can be God's friends forever. We can be part of his family too. And that's a really wonderful thing. And so we, we like to uh, celebrate as well what uh, God has done for us through Jesus. And so whether we're having a special meal today um, for Mother's Day or, or not, we can always remember to say thank you to God and to celebrate um, what Jesus has done for us. So we're going to pray about that before we sing our next uh, hymn. So let's pray. Dear God, we thank you that we have special days when we can celebrate and say thank you for the people we love. Thank you for all that Jesus has done for us. Help us to listen to what you say to us and remember to say thank you for all your goodness and giving us what we need. For we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're going to, to sing again, um, and I'm going to invite uh, Santosh and Sarah and their family to, uh, to come and lead us in Thank You, Jesus, um, in Mission Praise number 633. We have so much to thank our Lord for, yeah, so through this song. Let's all rise and we join in worshiping and thanking our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. You 
Mother's Day, I would just like to add one more line to the song. Thank you, Lord. Uh, if you go back to the first, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for my mother. Can we sing like that? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Start. Thank you, Jesus, for my mother. For my mother. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for loving me. One more time. Thank you, Jesus, for our mothers, for our mothers. Thank you, Lord, for loving us, loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for our mothers. Thank you, Lord, for loving us. I wish all the mothers a very happy Mother's Day. This morning's readings come from the Gospel of John and the book of Ephesians. John chapter 9, 1 to 41, Ephesians 5, 8 to 14. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus. But this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spat on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word's been sent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbours and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then were your eyes open, they asked. He replied, The man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and then I could see. Where is this man, they asked him. I don't know, he said. They brought to the Pharisees this man who had been blind. Now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was a Sabbath. 
Therefore the Pharisees also asked him how he had received his sight. He put mud on my eyes, the man replied, and I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. Then they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him? It was your eyes he opened. The man replied, he is a prophet. They still did not believe that he had been blind and had received his sight until they sent for the man's parents. Is this your son? They asked. Is this the one you say was born blind? How is it that now he can see? We know he is our son, the parents answered, and we know he was born blind. But now how he can see now or who or how opened his eyes, we don't know. Ask him. He is of age. He will speak for himself. His parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders who already had decided that anyone who acknowledged that Jesus was the Messiah would be put out of the synagogue. That was why his parents said, he is of age, ask him. A second time they summoned the man who had been blind. Give glory to God by telling the truth, they said. We know this man is a sinner. He replied, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. Then they asked him, what did he do to you? How did he open your eyes? He answered, I have told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Then they hurled insults at him and said, you are this fellow's disciple. We are disciples of Moses. We know that God spoke to Moses. But as for this fellow, we don't even know where he comes from. The man answered, now that is remarkable. You don't know where he comes from, yet he opened my eyes. We know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening of the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. To this they replied, you were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And they threw him out. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? the man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, so that the blind will see, and those who, will see, who see will become blind. Some Pharisees who were with him heard him say this and asked, What? Are we blind too? Jesus said, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. Ephesians 5, 8-14 For you were once darkness, but now you are in light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Here endeth this morning's reading. The next hymn is hymn number three, Christ is our light, the bright and morning star.
Let's pray as we come to God's word. Lord God, we thank you for your word to us today. We thank you for this uh, story of the, the blind man who, uh, whose eyes were opened and whose understanding was opened to meet the Lord. And we thank you that by your spirit we can meet our Lord Jesus today in our midst, in our hearts. And Lord, we th ask that you would speak clearly through uh, your word today to speak into our hearts and minds that we may come awake to you, that we may understand all that you're saying to us, that we may have our eyes opened to see the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we pray all these things in his name. Amen. Well, last Tuesday evening, um, I had the opportunity to speak to the moderator of the General Assembly of the Church of Scotland, the Reverend, the, the Right Reverend Dr. Ian Greenshields. And it was just after a meeting of the Glasgow Presbyterian, which he was visiting. After introducing myself, I asked Ian if he remembered my father, who was a minister in Glasgow at the time when he himself was training for ministry. And he said that he did indeed remember my father, and in fact had lived in with his wife in my father's parish for a time. And then he told me a story my father had shared with him uh, from his ministry that had really stuck with him over the years. It was a piece of advice my father had given to one of his church elders. One of the elders had come uh, to see my father to ask what he should do. He was concerned because his wife had been along to visit a spiritualist. My father said to the elder, go along to the spiritualist meeting with your wife and if you have the guts to do it, before the meeting gets going, say to the spiritualist, do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord? Well, the elder to his credit followed my father's advice. He went along to the next meeting of the spiritualist with his wife. And when at the appropriate moment in a loud, clear voice, he said to the spiritualist, do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as Lord? As Ian continued to recount my father's story, he said to me, of course, at that point, all hell broke loose. As a result, the elder's wife didn't need to see any more. Her eyes were open to see that the spirit at work through the spiritualist wasn't from God. What comes across through our Bible readings today is that we all need to have our eyes opened to what is from God and what is not from God. The story of Jesus healing of the man born blind isn't just about someone being given their physical sight. It's about how we all need our spiritual eyes opened to see the Lord among us, reaching out to heal and to restore us, calling us to follow him and worship him alone. The really sad part of this story of Jesus healing the man is that those who should have 
being able to see and to recognize that God was in their midst. The religious leaders, the Pharisees, who knew the, the law of Moses and God's commands so well that they, complete, but they completely missed what was really going on. Their eyes were so fixed on their own concerns that they missed the big picture. Some at least seemed to have made their minds up in advance that Jesus couldn't possibly be from God. He didn't seem to fit their picture of what the promised Messiah, God's chosen Savior, was going to be like. For a start, they got so fixated on the minutiae of their Sabbath regulations that rather than praising God for the man's healing, a wonderful event, they were debating whether Jesus had broken the Sabbath by making some mud to put in the man's eyes and telling him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. As it says in John 9:16, some of the Pharisees said, this man is not from God, for he does not keep the Sabbath. But others asked, how can a sinner perform such signs? So they were divided. And so they proceed to interrogate the man who is blind. First of all, they ask his opinion of who Jesus is. And he replies, he is a prophet. Then they ask his parents to confirm that the man is indeed their son, which they do, but afraid of the Pharisees, uh, they won't say anything further about it. So the Pharisees return to questioning the man born blind over and over. When they try to get the man to condemn Jesus as a sinner, he refuses to take the bait and instead says quite simply and powerfully, whether he is a sinner or not, I don't know. One thing I do know, I was blind, but now I see. And then when they keep asking about what's happened with a note of humor, which really annoys the Pharisees, the man says to them, I've told you already and you did not listen. Why do you want to hear it again? Do you want to become his disciples too? Well, in the exchange that follows, it's the man Jesus healed who is shown to have the real spiritual insight. While the Pharisees are the ones still in the dark. The man sees that this is clearly from God and he says to them, we know that God does not listen to sinners. He listens to the godly person who does his will. Nobody has ever heard of opening the eyes of a man born blind. If this man were not from God, he could do nothing. That, however, is the last straw for the Pharisees. Rather than acknowledging the truth of what the man has just spoken or believing the evidence of the miracle before them, they condemn him and throw him out. You were steeped in sin at birth. How dare you lecture us? And not for the first time in this story, we find people looking at the man and suggesting his disability and difficulties in life are the result of sin. Earlier, it was Jesus' disciples who asked 
whether the man was born blind as a result of someone's sin, either his own or his parents. But Jesus is very clear that that's not the case. Rather than judging or condemning the man as others are doing, Jesus sees the opportunity for God's grace and power to come into the man's life and to bring glory to God. Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. Jesus calls us also not to judge people by what we see, but to look beyond to see what God can do in their life, how he can open their eyes to his love and show them his grace and his transforming power. Well, after the man's thrown out of the synagogue, Jesus comes to him and opens his spiritual eyes further. So we read in the next verses from verse 35. Jesus heard that they had thrown him out, and when he found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? Who is he, sir? The man asked. Tell me so that I may believe in him. Jesus said, You have now seen him. In fact, he is the one speaking with you. Then the man said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. So Jesus reveals himself to the man not only as a prophet, but as the Messiah, God's chosen one. And when the man discovers who Jesus is, he worships him, recognizing God's presence through Jesus, his son. It's a wonderful reversal that the formerly blind man is the one in the story who now sees most clearly. Not just with his physical eyesight, but more importantly, with his eyes of spiritual understanding. Where before there was only darkness, now there is light. In fact, he's met the light because Jesus is God's light, come to save us. He is the light of the world, as he says himself in verse 5. The Pharisees, however, still don't see. They remain blind. Their big problem is, not only are they missing, recognizing who Jesus is, God's chosen Savior, they're also in danger of missing out on God's forgiveness of their sins through Jesus. They're in danger of missing the possibility of eternal life through God's Son. And that's why Jesus confronts them. He doesn't let them away with it. He wants them to realize the seriousness of not seeing what's right before them. So when they say, are we blind too? Jesus replies, If you were blind, you would not be guilty of sin. But now that you claim you can see, your guilt remains. In our Arthur Bible reading in Ephesians chapter 5, it says in verse 14, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is a call to come alive to the living God 
who is alive and active in our midst. Not to miss what he's doing, not to be blind to his presence, not to be deaf to his voice. It's to wake us up from our spiritual slumber so that just like Jacob in the book of Genesis after his dream of angels descending and ascending from heaven, when he heard God speaking to him to reassure him, he woke up and he said to himself, surely the Lord is in this place and I was not aware of it. We don't want to miss God's grace for us through Jesus. We don't want to be blind to the gift of salvation that he has for us. Neither do we want to miss what God is doing because we're focused on the wrong things. The Pharisees didn't see. Their vision was consumed with getting everything right, the externals of religion. So when Jesus challenged their thinking by healing on the Sabbath, rather than opening their eyes to the wonder of seeing a blind man given the gift of sight, they saw only the infringement of their traditions and rules. The Apostle Paul, the writer of the letter to the Ephesians, is, however, an example of how God's light can break through even to the most hostile mind. On the road to Damascus, as we read in the book of Acts, Paul, then known as Saul, the Pharisee persecutor of Christians, saw the light of the risen Christ shine on him and he began to see the scales fell from his eyes and he became a dedicated follower of Jesus taking the good news to many people around the Roman world Paul knew what it was to be in darkness and he knew what it was to walk in the light and so he reminds us that we too who have trusted in Jesus, need to continue living and walking in the light of our Lord. As he says in verses 8 to 11, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. So let's wake up and arise to see the glory of the Lord shining among us. Let's recognize the light of his presence, hear his word of truth, and walk in his light always. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessing of your presence with us by the Holy Spirit and for all the gifts you give us through Christ Jesus, our Savior and Lord. And so we ask that you would accept our offerings for the work of your kingdom and our lives for your glory and praise.
Lord of light and truth, open our eyes of faith to see your glory. Wake us from our slumber by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we might live as children of light, leading others to the light of Christ Jesus our Lord. Glorious Saviour, your light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. May your light shine brightly in the dark places of our world, through the church which bears your name, that many will find forgiveness of sins and life eternal in you. Gracious God, as we remember the needs of our world, the war in the Ukraine, the recent earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, and the continuing suffering and pain of many. As the world continues to deal with these and, uh, and many other challenges, we present our own prayers for our world to you now in the silence. Lord, our comforter, healer, and friend, thank you that you love and care for those who are on our hearts near and far. We remember those who are suffering, those who have lost loved ones, those who are sick, whether in body, mind, or spirit. As we name them before you now in the silence, may they know your comfort and healing, your provision and the peace of your presence. God of all hope, we look forward to the day when you will wipe away every tear, when there will be no more disease or poverty or war or injustice, and your kingdom has come in fullness. Until that day, keep us faithful in our love for you and for one another, that we may bring you all honour through our whole lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour, healer and friend. Amen. We close our time of worship as we sing our next hymn, Be Thou My Vision, Mission Praise number 51.
may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus our Lord, and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you this day and remain with you always. Amen. <laughs>